Hello, friends. Thank you for finding part one and part two interesting and wanting to listen to the rest of the conversation between Luis Del Pino, uh, Ken Hernandez, Rami Katene, uh, Mike M might still be there, and me, Hiro Jamyang Powell. This is part three, and it's about 32 minutes long. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Now remember, zero, the definition of zero is of having no meaning, but still holding a place. You see? To me, zero so, is infinite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, zero is the aspectual uh, one in the in the scope of reality zero is just one aspect and infi infinite is another aspect so to me zero and one are the same that's the quantum nature of things zero is one one is zero form mm -hmm. is emptiness emptiness is form i mean the, in the heart sutra that's the first thing the first verse of the heart sutra is that Absolutely. form is emptiness emptiness is form and in that dipole zero one is the whole of, of uh, the, the soul, the reality. Uh, and, and then you can kind of conceptualize what is one. Is one, two, three, four, five, two, da, 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 da. so the world that we see in its, uh, in its amplitude, in its incredible, you know, 15 billion years worth of stars and galaxies and us in there in the middle looking, looking at it is one. And, mm -hmm. I mean, one can be very big, 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 or very tiny, tiny. It can be a quantum. It can be a zero. So to me, the soul that you talk about, Paraman, is also Atman, is everything and nothing at the same time. But I insist, and this is my view, we can disagree on that, that the whole does not know itself uh, fully uh, and only knows itself with a certain degree of uh, clarity which means that uh, it knows itself just a little bit at the quantum level, you know, the string, which is a quantum of zero, uh, the zero uh, uh, energizing itself into one uh, with a very, very tiny time and span, uh, lifetime and everything. It's almost virtual. They call it virtual particles. Uh, that is reality looking at itself with very little knowledge. And then you, you can put a lot of ones together and then you, you make a galaxy and then within the galaxy you have a planet and then within a planet you have something that becomes a brain and then from the brain from the complexity of that uh, machine uh, the, the self-awareness self-awareness uh, uh, you know happens and then that self-awareness also is in a gradient of you know am i a mosquito am i a, a primate i have a, am i an individual uh, a human and then with each uh, uh, human consciousness, you have this kind of a transcendence, a, a, a thinking that leaves itself. In the uh, Kula Sunyata Sutra of the Buddha, which is the, the Sutra on Emptiness, it describes the different levels of knowledge within the human mind. That's the most complex uh, com uh, consciousness that we know of. And he goes from the you know levels of meditations, the seven jhanas, the concentrations, and everything. And then in the last one, 
the mind looks at itself and goes, ah, I am impermanent, I am stressful, and I am nothing. And uh, th that knowledge frees itself from itself, and that's where reality is able to, like a superconductor, look at itself and go, here, here I am. I am that. That uh, sound, I think, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the thing is. So basically, reality, when it leaves the mind behind, it... The same, the same uh, analogy of the the boat going from one shore to the other is still the same thing. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's just that reality cannot leave itself because there's nowhere to go because reality is everything and nothing. So it doesn't matter. It's the lamp, the lava lamp, the yellow thing mm -hmm. does not leave. It's there. It, it it disappears, appears, disappears, appears. So that's reality looking at itself, and when it sees itself as such through a uh, consciousness an enlightened consciousness, a Buddha, a Buddha mind, it just gets in and goes, okay, I sit, I sit at ease looking at myself. I don't suffer anymore because before that there was a lot of noise in the lens. But, you know, as, as the, the consciousness becomes clearer and clearer, becomes more transcendent, 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 sees through itself, through its phenomenal aspects, then the soul sees itself clearly. Uh, beyond its uh, its own thinking apparatus, which is Atman, the human consciousness, mm -hmm. and that's when it it uh, just sits down and goes, ah, huh, that's me. I I just saw myself mm -hmm. fully uh, through this enlightened mind. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a coming together, a, a, a wholeness of the whole, looking at the whole through its parts. And that coming together, which and I, I'm totally agreement. I don't disagree with anything you say. Trust me. I don't like I said. I don't disagree with what anybody believes or thinks and how they want to pursue it. I'm no problem with it. I, but, yeah. but, but what I'm saying is that consciousness that you get when you have that understanding is understanding what the soul has always known. Potentially. So, so <laughs> you, but, but you, you actualize is, the but, potential. You actualize the potential knowledge, that infinite knowledge, which is transcendent. It has to be uh, that when we talk about omniscience, it's not about knowing all the things. You cannot know all the things because, you know, each consciousness is in a place. So unless you use concilience and use all the accumulated science of all the years of your, you know, and, and you go deep into each science and you create everything, you still have to go through knowledge, you know what I mean? The knowledge that goes through the knowledge for reality to actualize its own potential, mm -hmm. which is if indescribable. The, if the vehicle that you're using to attain that is the mind, yes, that's exactly yes. what you have to go. Yes. But you can bypass all of that by merging with the soul. Because what you're getting to, when you got to that seventh level, when you said, oh, now I really understand it, that's emergence with the soul. That's getting yes. to understand what the soul has always known. Well, the soul merging with itself because it, there's no separation. There's only one soul. So, right. so like the, I'm saying, like, the like mind is of the soul. Floyd, when I gave the analogy of Pink Floyd, instead of focusing on the aspects, which was everything that you described, focus on the one. That's right. The aspects take care of themselves. So you don't have to but, worry about attaining this, attaining that by understanding the atmas you were talking about by going in and having the direct experience of the atma everything that you've just described answers itself yes so how how long is the the trip the trek between one shore to the other is up to each point 
Now, mm -hmm. some people take a lifetime to get there. It took me, you know, I didn't think in these terms until I became about 38 or 40. And it took me a long time to go, oh, okay, you know, to, to build this kind of a verbalization within my mind where it goes like, okay, this is reality thinking about itself. It took me 20 years. I don't know, maybe some people take 10, some people take five. They, they say that a mind can enlighten, you know, from birth. Based on my own experience, I, I don't think it's very probable. Is it possible? Yes. But uh, what is more probable, that what is more probable is that a mind through a lot of thinking, a lot of uh, pondering, a lot of hypothesizing, a lot of consilience of different knowledge from different people arrives to this conclusion. I have never seen, let's put it this way, a mind that was not very complex, abstract, educated, uh, super perspective. I can't hear. Uh, oh. Did you mute me? Uh, no, you're, I hear you. Okay, so it's, it's, uh, it's Ken who can't hear right now. Ken, you must have uh, uh, done something to your phone. Hello? Can you hear me? We, yes. yes. If you can hear me, nod your head. Okay, I yes, can't hear can. you. Well, something happened. My phone is your, acting up. Your, I can't, I can't hear what you're saying. Your admin became uh, uh, deaf. Can I believe, I believe it's the connectivity in the room that you're in? Because Who is that? That's Rami. I, I didn't know Rami was with us. Yes, Rami, welcome, Rami. Welcome, welcome, Rami. <laughs> Are you I mean, uh, from, from about 10 minutes or 15 minutes before uh, uh, Mike McKenna left? It's, uh, oh, Mike McKenna is gone. <laughs> Yeah, I missed something in the middle. Five minutes. Don't worry about your awareness features. <laughs> As you can see, I don't know everything. Although I do believe that I know the nature of anything. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, well, I I am all out of fresh ideas here. As a matter of fact, I think Hello? I need to. Yes. Hello. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm back. Here, yeah, I lost. Okay. I lost. I, I lost audio. I'm sorry. I didn't. I kind of missed that whole last part. Gotcha. Well, sorry. I don't know. I don't know where you where you lost uh, your audio, but I think we we both agree on the concept that uh, uh, the soul Maybe. is the infinite knowledge of its of uh, everything uh, by everything, and and uh, the human knowledge, the human enlightenment, is a function to infinity of that uh, uh, actualization of the potential infinite knowledge of the whole regarding both, itself. Both Ken and Luis uh, are, are con concilianting towards uh, the same object. They, yeah, we're trying to they, describe... They come from different uh, uh, fields of study, but it, it sounds to me like they're pointing to the same moon. Yeah, yeah the same <laughs> yeah, reality. Uh, we we yeah, are cool. trying to express uh, conventionally uh, the transcendental. So basically, we're trying to ex express the soul, the, you know, this concept of soul, which is infinite knowledge of everything uh, by itself, uh, you know, uh, regarding itself in a uh, more trivial, more uh, conventional way, which is the human language. Yeah, so exactly. You, yeah. 
how do you six-dimensional concept to a three-dimensional yeah, so. mind? How do you describe the infinite through finite uh, descriptions or, or words? But you can get very, very close to it. Uh, and, and of course, you have to kind of uh, be very super perspective, very open-minded, very uh, almost very um, uh, this, this, uh, disassembled in your mind in order to uh, be able, as a mind, to understand infinity and eternity right there. Uh, in one in one uh, swoop, I always say that this this kind of feeling is uh, going through a wormhole where uh, the actualize deactualizes itself and goes through the the uh, the, uh, the uh, there's a word for that uh, that uh, donut and, and you kind of uh, from one side which is actualized you know the phenomenal world you deconstruct its, uh, yourself and the world, you go through the middle and you fizzle out, you disappear, you become a 100% potential, zero actualization. In a sense, you become like the zero Kelvin and boop, you pop on the other side, quantumized, and then you become, you know, uh, the whole of uh, reality, which then as you, Reactualize, uh, become a, a human consciousness in the real world, in the phenomenal world. You just described a black hole. <laughs> uh, yes, a black hole is uh, as a white hole. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so basically, it is possible, and you know, in physics terms, we could consider uh, the soul as a black hole that has all the information, infinite information, that pops. That pops, it has so much density that the space-time uh, uh, is broken. So uh, space-time is broken, and boom, you you have a white a white hole, which is what we describe as uh, the uh, the Big Bang. Or, exactly, or sub Big Bang, the tiny Big Bang. I, I saw I saw a note there by uh, Rami saying, "No, I disagree. It just doesn't uh, like that uh, concept." Oh, is there a chat? It must be. I saw. I saw. No. I disagree, there. Rami. Rami disagrees. All right. Let's hear it. Actually, there are seven notes. Wait a minute. I missed that. Oh. How do we get to the notes? I'm new to this. Oh, there's uh, a there's a button that the, somewhere. Well, it might be different on a phone, but uh, but on the desktop, there's a there's a little uh, a thing for chat, and it it throws a panel to the right, and you can see what okay. I'm writing. Okay, I'm seeing it now. Okay, so Mike disappeared. Yeah, I see that. Uh, I was actually okay, taking a I leak. Seven. A very quiet leak. I disappeared to go take a leak uh, because I drank too much coffee this morning. And in the meantime, Mike disappeared and, and uh, Rami <laughs> joined in. So I missed half the picture. So Rami, you disagree. Oh, I I what's, wh what's, the, what's the deal? You disagree with uh, this description? Well, the soul is inherited. Right, there's no wall. Rather, it is something which was imbued into the first human, whoever and whomever the first humans were. And what we have is the inheritance of that one human soul. Uh, do, do mosquitoes have a soul? Do they inherit a soul too? Uh, if they do, then it would be their mosquito soul. 
Now, whether okay. the human soul, remember, we're only using words here to differentiate between the human soul and the mosquito soul. We can, yeah. we can say single cell organism's soul, and we can say that we all inherit that, that life, that force, that breath. Yeah. So, if I, if Rami, Rami, if I describe, if I change the, the word soul to self-awareness, and I did a, a function from zero to infinity, would that, uh, would that also describe what you're saying? That we, every aspect of reality is endowed with some self-awareness that goes from zero in a rock, for example, to uh, infinity in an enlightened uh, uh, consciousness, human consciousness, for example? I think it's unproven that awareness is, is something which exists in action. could be the effect of certain biological processes. So we so, like to think that we're aware, we, we act as though we're aware, we speak of awareness as it is an objective. Uh, How can I get my beard like Ken? But even our consciousness <laughs> themselves may be a reflection of something that so is, at its core, something biological. Well, you could, yes, you could, you could say it's biological, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I like to kind of uh, de-anthropomorphize uh, uh, self-awareness and just look at uh, something that, like an instrument through which what is, which is reality as a whole, is able to be aware of itself with a certain degree of clarity. That way, I could, I could feasibly hypothesize that a string, which is the vibration uh, of nothingness, the first vibration of nothingness, of the empty space, uh, could have a very tiny self-awareness. That means that reality could possibly see itself a little bit through a string, a little bit more through an atom, a little bit more through a molecule, a little bit more through a bucket of water, a little bit more through a leaf, a little bit more through a tree, a little bit more through a mosquito, and then a little bit more and more and more through a human human mind, which is the the, the more self-aware thing that we know of. I, I have no problem with that. Okay. Um, whether, whether it's the result of a biological process or whether it's a, a conceptual uh, model, I understand you a very strong model. It's a good um, but uh, also on the other end of things, of infinity, well, there are multiple infinities, and I don't think we've even reached the end of the first one. So when we think about ourselves as being potentially infinite or expressions of the infinite, I, I, I'm very quickly reminded that we have a beginning, we have an end, I don't know that the universe will exist beyond the space time, but but it seems that it would. Though our form of consciousness of the universe may be superseded or extinguished. Oh, that's that's for sure. Uh, human self-awareness uh, arises with uh, uh, the fetus and uh, finishes with uh, the death of that body. 
but the universal consciousness, which is unaware of itself, if it's not through a, one of these uh, temporary consciousnesses, uh, is infinite and eternal. I, I propose that reality, whether uh, there is something or there is nothing, is still reality. So, uh, a reality cannot but not exist. <laughs> It's, or, it's but exists. Something very. Um, uh, what What is the native religion to Japan? Um, Shinto? Shinto. Shinto. There's something very poetically Shinto about uh, about some of your uh, your words. Uh -huh. Well, so, Shinto ultimately goes back to India. Yeah. To me, to be clear, I I posit or I hypothesize that reality has no beginning and no end because reality exhibits two qualities or two aspects, which is being uh, anything different from zero and non-being, which is zero. So it is, when I talk about reality, I'm not talking about things. Uh, things are only aspects of uh, reality. When I talk about reality, I talk about both uh, things and no thing. Uh, that being zero Kelvin, so and that's so whether whether is something aspectualized or not, reality is. So that's uh, to me, it, it takes away the beginning and the end. Uh, is there going to be a reality when all the galaxies disappear? And because when all the galaxies disappear, it's nothing but a big zero. I'll say, yeah, the reality will be there. But it'll be a big zero. Okay. Where where are your explorations in non-duality? There, uh, the non-duality is only a, uh, a aspectual consideration of what is. So there is one reality. <laughs> to me, uh, non-duality is, is saying that there's only one reality, uh, no matter what it looks like. Wherever you put your finger or your eye on or your ideas, uh, there is reality. Reality is everywhere nowhere uh, at the same time and at no time. So basically, there is, the only duality is precisely the aspectualization of the otherwise non-aspectual reality. The soul that uh, Ken was talking about, uh, without any uh, actualization, uh, but uh, one thing that, and this is, this was the Eureka moment for me, guys. The Eureka moment for this consciousness was the moment that I realized that uh, Nibbana, not being or, you know, the cessation of anything, and Samsara uh, were two aspects of the same one thing. And of course, it looks really, really different. It appears very different. Zero appears very different from one whatever that one looks like. But in reality, reality is both zero and one at the same time, concurrently, forever, wherever. That's, that's the way I describe the whole of reality. And of course, that's a non-dual approach. Although I see duality in the aspect between zero and one, I do not see reality in the essence of reality, which, uh, 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 a zero and one are inherited from reality, the being, pure being. So I have a both uh, a non-dual and dual approach to reality, but at the end of the day, I only see one reality, whether I see anything in it or not.
And when you say it, what are you looking at? Everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> so it is tat, uh, you know, the Vedanta. Tatuam asi? Yeah, you, that's right. So tat, which is it, is zero, one, infinity, or anything between. It is that. Is everything, nothing, everywhere, and nowhere at the same time, at no time, every time. You know what you just described? It. You know what that it is? Uh, it's everything and nothing at the same time. You just described the soul. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah. by... I mean, you, I can you give you a name. Soul, by going in... And yeah. merging with that soul. I, I don't like, like calling it up. soul because people misunderstand. But it is a kind of, a, what, is, what is it? Well, it is it and it's everything and nothing. So I'd rather not use soul, spirit, uh, uh, the universal consciousness or nothing because it is much easier to talk about, although it is much more difficult to describe. But uh, I don't like to use the word soul, uh, although I understand exactly what you're talking about. When you, when you say soul, I say it. And to okay, me, so the there are no that connotations. It that, you're talking about, that it that you're talking about is within your body, correct? It All is living every, things have... You see, Rami used a, a, a verb, a, a word that was very interesting. Uh, we inherit it. That means that it is in everything. And uh, I, I, I mentioned uh, uh, Baum again, who says that uh, reality is a hologram. No matter how small you cut it, there is the whole of reality in it. The smaller it is, the more potential, the more energy. Everything is in it. It's a non-actualized reality. So I like the, I like the, the word hologram in, in the sense uh, actualization versus uh, potential, uh, but what you call soul, uh, and, and Rami says that we inherit it, that is telling me that you both are talking about the same thing, which is uh, reality is in everything because reality uh, is aspectualized in a, in a, in a uh, ratio, in a certain ratio, how much energy, let's put it this way, how much aspect is there in a human being, how much aspect is there in a galaxy, how much aspect is there in a cluster of galaxies, etc., etc. So if you want, we could say that energy is aspectualization <laughs> of it. Because we can measure aspect, but we cannot measure it. It's immeasurable. Uh, I'd like to... Uh... I'd like to reframe what you just stated in a smaller scale. Uh, everything that our mind can um, witness is an object, but our witnessing of it transforms it into a subject in our mind. Right. Uh, uh, Ken, Ken. Yeah. If you move, yeah. If you're moving around, go ahead and mute your phone because you, you were. Uh, oh, I, I, I muted him. Okay. So go ahead, uh, go ahead, Rami. So everything the man can, a mind can represent, let's put it this way, of what is. Right, what, of what, what uh, so, so. You were saying that every mind is a representation. We have our subjective understanding of that object. 
we'd always like to think that that the what we view or what we understand is the objective universe but but really it's a series of objects that 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 our mind is constructing for us and in that process somehow whether we want to or not we're always attaching some level or degree of subjectivity to that so i can speak of this subject you can speak of that subject the objective is not necessarily what we're experiencing or what we're explaining Correct. We're always sort of reaching or grabbing or groping or uh, let me let me uh, let me pause you there let me pause you don't lose the the the, the string of thought but uh, Jairo, go ahead and and share with rami that uh, uh, little uh, analysis of Boltman's uh, uh, concept of reality. And you will see in it, Rami, exactly what you just said, that uh, uh, the, the mind represents what is. So the mind is always kind of extracting aspects and ideas and things of the whole thing of it. I think that's where you, you were going with this, right? Well, actually, I wanted to explore the idea of territory. Because when when you when you delve into, okay, I'm just going to watch. Oh, that's right, Boltzmann's concept of reality. Thank you. Uh, I, if you if you read that, I think it's going to tell you exactly what you are talking about. How the mind represents the whole, and how many different ways you can represent it, and how you should be very super perspectivist in how you look at things, because the whole it is really 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 eternal and infinite. So how do you describe it? How do you represent it to yourself? by looking at the aspects of it, because you don't see the whole thing. You don't see the non-phenomenal side of reality, the non-aspectual side of reality, which is also always infinite, an infinite non-being. Non -being. So uh, what we see of reality, according to science, is about, what, 5% of the whole energy of the universe? Because 5% uh, is, uh, you know, uh, atoms and stuff, stuff that we can measure, the phenomenal thing. And that includes our mind you know, how the visible side is able to, to look at it and measure and, and think about it. And then there's dark energy, uh, dark, uh, dark matter, I'm sorry, which we don't see, but we know it's there because of the gra gravitational pull of nothing. We don't see anything, but we, we feel the gravitational pull. That's uh, the, how galaxies, you know, stay the way they are. And then there's a freaking amount of 75% of dark energy, which I suspect is the non-phenomenal, uh, non-aspectual side of reality, which we don't even know what it is. But actually, when you think about it, it makes uh, the, the universe expand. It's like a positive force instead of a negative force. So the yin-yang, the yin-yang that we, uh, you know, the yin-yang represents very well my uh, description of reality. Uh, the yin would be the dark, the non-being, non non-phenomenal, non-aspectual. Uh, and uh, the being, the, 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 the yang, uh, or the ying, I don't know which one I called it, is the, the phenomenal side of it. But they're both the same thing. They, they're not different. Uh, they, they look different. They feel different to, to uh, our consciousness, but they are the same thing. And it's infinite, too. So that yin-yang, we see it as a circle, but the circle has no boundaries. It's everywhere, all the time, et cetera, et cetera. But those two qualities of being and non-being, Nibbana Samsara, are uh, uh, easily uh, distinguishable by a self-aware mind. Uh, 
I don't know if I derailed your your train of thought, uh, Rami. It's all right. I'm I'm also while 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 you're speaking, I'm reading and also uh, contemplating while holding the prior concept. So I'm, I'm using my my, my four way neurons here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, this this conversation is very enriching because there are four minds uh, talking about the unspeakable, the indescribable, the ineffable and i think we are able to reach some consilience some uh, perspectivism uh so we can talk about what is unspeakable and still agree a little bit of what we're looking at which we don't see we can't feel it we can't touch it we can't measure it it's like the uh, kant was talking about the noumenon uh, and uh, phenomena uh actually he was talking also about noumena I, I, and there I disagree because uh, uh, I would lump everything, you know, any non-being, any non-phenomenal, non-describable, non as part of the uh, yin of uh, reality. So I, I cannot imagine uh, being able to cut whatever is not cuttable. 